Our communion meditation is the last in Hannah's prayer, 1 Samuel 2. I'll read 1 Samuel 2, verses 11, and then 18 through 21. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life of Hannah, for Elkanah, for Eli, uh, for uh, Hannah and Eli, uh, Elkanah's children, and especially for Samuel, uh, this man that was dedicated to you from birth and who served you all of his long life. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we long to live lives of sacrifice and service to you as well, and may we do so. Please uh, draw our hearts close to you in obedience to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the 12th and last message from Hannah's prayer, and so I'll give you a brief recap of everything. Hannah was the wife of Elkanah, the first wife, I believe. The Lord had closed her womb. Elkanah had a second wife named Penina, who had children, and this caused Penina then to torment Hannah, her rival, for her husband's affection. Hannah poured out her heart to the Lord one year when she was up at the temple, and Eli saw her, um, initially misunderstood, but then prayed that her prayer would be answered. It was. She had committed that Lord, uh, that, that uh, child, to the Lord, should she have one. So her husband fretted that she would not fulfill that, though, and yet she did. And I doubt she ever wavered in her purpose. So she gave her son Samuel over to the Lord, and I believe she was then um, free from concern. And so she was content to have a child, but have that child be in the service of the Lord uh, in the home of Eli. And then we come to our reading here at the end. She had this beautiful prayer that I went through the details of from chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And yet when we look more closely now at Samuel, at how this all came about, I want you to see some things that are unusual about this. The very first few verses of 1 Samuel chapter 1 tell us that Elkanah was an Ephraimite. Now, the Ephraimites came to be synonymous with the northern kingdom because they were not even of the Judah line. And so uh, he was an Ephraimite, not a Levite, not certainly a son of Aaron. And yet, this little boy wore a linen ephod. Samuel became a priest to the Lord, but he was outside the line of Aaron. So Samuel was adopted into a priestly family and became a priest, the priest, I mean this prophet and priest. 
Jesus was a priest outside of the Aaronic line, preceding it actually. Hebrews tells us that he was a priest on the order of Melchizedek. This man that appears out of nowhere and Abraham pays a tithe to. And so I want to point out that this is an exception. In many ways, it's exceptional. And so the word exception is exceptional. So David ate the showbread. Remember, he and his men, when they were fleeing from Saul because he wanted him dead. And yet, this was odd. This was unusual for anybody other than priests to eat the showbread. Yet, the priest allowed that exception. Uh, under Hezekiah, under his revival that occurred during his kingship, he, there was also another exception. There were too few priests that were clean, cleansed and ready to celebrate the Passover. And yet Hezekiah prayed that God would forgive them for deviating from the word and from the instructions. And so they did deviate and it was blessed. Initially, when the Passover was celebrated, God allowed an exception. It was to be celebrated on the first month, and yet for any of those that might, through out, without their own uh, plan, have been made unclean and so couldn't celebrate the Passover, God instituted another second Passover, that second month. And so it was His mercy to give these people that wanted to celebrate Passover an opportunity to do so. So the Levites at times also assisted the priests in ways, under Hezekiah, in ways, and I think also during the time of Solomon, that were not expressly in their job description. But God again allowed this. There are these exceptions that God has allowed. God is a God of exceptions, really. When you read the word, um, you see these, and they kind of pop out at you. You think, well, wait a minute, how can that be? How can that be allowed in these uh, certain circumstances? But really, if you think about it, God is extending mercy with each of these exceptions, and the greatest exception of all is not holding us accountable for our sins. That is an exception to God's word, to his rule. Now, we know it was by plan, though. So it isn't that God has any exceptions that are surprises to him. He's planned these in advance, but they are typically given in response to a request from his people to have this exception be allowed. And that's what really came of Samuel, uh, Hannah's son. He became this extraordinary exception that was at work in the temple as a priest before the Lord, even though he was entirely outside the Aaronic line. Verse 20 says that Eli would bless Elkanah, his wife, and say, the Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. I believe these children, these additional three sons and two daughters, didn't necessarily come immediately. Hannah was being faithful and coming back, bringing Samuel this little uh, coat each year that fit him. And as this um, fealty was expressed as her love for him, as her uh, contribution to the temple uh, worship, was being carried out, um, Eli again prayed that she would have additional children, and God blessed her with more children. But I believe Hannah would have been content to remain at home without her Samuel, without any children, because she had learned contentment. Um, you know, in the New Testament, we read that uh, contentment, godliness with contentment, is great gain. 
And so we are told by Paul to be content in our circumstances. The very first message I shared with you back in December of last year was that Hannah was miserable. Hannah was anything but content at the start of 1 Samuel. And yet here she is without her son Samuel in her home, and yet now she's at the opposite end of that spectrum. She is extremely content because the prayer really says it all, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2. And it begins with who our great God is. And Hannah had come to a much deeper realization of that through his blessing her with this son and giving her this opportunity to give him back to God as he did. Our God is not only merciful, as is demonstrated by these exceptions that I've referred to, but he is generous. He blessed Hannah with three more sons, two more daughters, though, though she had already become content with the fact that she had none at home. So God pours out his blessings upon us, and he is not stingy. And I knew I'd get a little emotional, especially after this weekend. I asked Gary to um, especially emphasize those gifts Friday because it, to me, just reflected incredible thoughtfulness. It wasn't just the gifts. It was the thought that went into the gifts and the cards. So our God is a generous God. And we, in following in his footsteps, become generous people. I don't think people are naturally generous. I think people are naturally self-serving and stingy. And that applies to Christians as well. We are just kind of trained through life, trained through our fallen natures, to think of ourselves first in all things. But this text that we've read, that we've examined over these months, at the core of it is a learned generosity on the part of Hannah. Like I said, she was miserable at the start. The tormenting of Penina got to her. God was not enough for her. And she could not be content in the state that she was in. That was not right. And yet God, in his mercy, and then ultimately in his generosity, saw fit to give her what it was her heart's desire to have, even after she'd learned that she didn't need it. God loved Hannah, and he expressed his love for her in generosity. And God accepted Samuel and adopted him into the priesthood outside of the line of Aaron um, as an act of mercy, as an act of generosity. And so God accepts us as this huge exception to the table, into his home, into heaven. This is the great exception that God has made for this, his people. So our God is a God of exceptions, miraculous exceptions. And so let's thank him for this. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your example of mercy and generosity. And we pray, Lord, that you would have us to be merciful and generous, that we would not be stingy, that we would not be self-centered, but that you would make us 
to recognize that you want us to be like you. We thank you, Father, for the example of Hannah. We pray that we would live out that example, that we too would be merciful and generous. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen.